Hello and welcome to your Environment Matters podcast. My name is Ewuma. Today we are going to be looking at the topic development and good governance. Last month there were peaceful protests which culminated into riots and resulted in the brutal killings of youths in my country, Nigeria. The youths have risen up against police brutality, SARS, and this has led to many senseless killings and deaths of innocent bystanders and youths in question. I have been truly saddened by these recent developments and I have decided to look critically in depth at the issues that have led to this demise. One of such is the corruption mentality of the police force and also these protests have led to other issues also plaguing the country which are the looting of the national treasury and the lack of accountability of the leaders in question in acquiring wealth at the brutal expense of the masses. This however has gone on for the past decades and the present administration has tried to recover missing treasuries in quotes from the country which have been stashed away in foreign banks and all across the regions of the world. Now what is development? The development of a society, country or nation means that there is a balance in all facets of society integrated to ensure transformation and sustainable growth. Government, on the other hand, is a term which broadly understood means the ordering of a group or community by a central organization, or it may refer to central organization itself. Thus, we may speak of a government of a club, private association or a church, as well as the government or state or bodies politic. But when narrowed to its political meaning, government refers to the management or administration of the state. And for the purpose of this podcast, we will look at it from this angle. The findings of anthropology suggest that the origins of the government are tribal and monarchic. Primitive societies are generally based on familial relationships and authority is oftentimes exercised either by a man who is a patriarch or by a woman who is a matriarch, recognized by the others as the leader. Until the last two centuries and a half, the idea was common among, among political thinkers in the West that men once lived in a state of nature in which there was no government or state. And these men then joined together binding themselves with a social contract to bring a government into being which would serve their common interests. However, this view of the origin of society and government has been wholly rejected by modern scientific studies. All forms of government have However, different they may be, 
are similar in certain aspects. The main purpose of government is for the advancement of the society. In other words, the purpose of all governments include the maintenance of law and public order, the defense of society against external enemies, and the progress and advancement of what is thought to be the welfare of the society or the state. All governments promulgate laws binding upon all members of society and enforce these laws by virtue of their sovereign power. Yet all governments endure only so long as they manage to enforce their will. Men in time past and still presently have continually experimented with the forms of government, speculated about them and analyzed their advantages and disadvantages. The Republic of Plato and the politics of Aristotle were classic efforts by the Greeks of the pre-Christian era to define the possibilities and the ideals of government. Western political theory is seen to have evolved from the writings of these philosophers and from the experiences of the Greek city-states. In broad terms, one can say that government may be based upon the rule of one person, whether monarch, dictator, or tyrant, a small clique, many persons as in a republic, or by all persons in the society as in a pure democracy, a small number of persons as in an oligarchy, aristocracy, or military clique. Every good government and subsequently good governance will ultimately end up in peace, progress, prosperity, advancement and finally development of the people and society at large. Regardless of the type of rule the government is based upon, the fact remains that a leader who is unselfish and considerate, who refuses to be enticed by frivolous and profligate measures and pleasures and the immediate need to gratify them at the expense of the welfare of his subjects will ruin the affairs of the state effectively with equity and justice. In such cases, development in all ramifications of the society is inevitable and attainable. This will be achievable because there is a balance in the dispensation of power, authority, and justice. Social and economic transformation leads to socio-economic development. Economically, wealth and natural resources are evenly distributed and equally fair. Scenarios where leaders of countries, especially in Africa, stash away heavy amounts of cash running into billions of dollars after looting their nation's treasuries in Swiss banks and other foreign banks across the regions of the world to aid and promote their selfish interests and greedy tendencies will be far-fetched. In an era of good governance, social integration leads to religious tolerance and harmony. Religious sentiments are checked and controlled. Recently, a report suggests that more than three-quarters of the world's population live in countries with significant restrictions on 
religion either because of official policies or social hostilities. Also, in a recent five-year period, the number of countries with incidents of abuse against religious minorities nearly doubled. Good governance checks religious fanaticism and intolerance and will ensure an atmosphere of religious piousness coupled with harmony and acceptance. Political growth and transformation leads to socio-political development, political reforms and policies that make way for leadership, credibility, accountability and transparency in a society are put in place. Youth empowerment and youth initiative programs which encourage entrepreneurship, I beg your pardon, innovation and development actually prepare these youths for leadership in the future. Good governance defends human rights and also paves way for advocacy and human rights policies. Education development leads to increased levels of literacy in the society. When education is given its rightful place in the helm of affairs of the government, development of human resources and capital is eminent. Hence, the sustainable development of that nation cannot be hitched. The impact on the environment is also felt when there is good governance. Environmental policies that ensure continued protection, conservation and management programs regarding oil exploration activities, waste disposal systems, global warming and climate change, greenhouse effect and air pollution, water pollution, land misuse and land pollution are vigorously adhered to. For example, a report on the state of the Dead Sea from the region of Israel, Jordan and Palestine states that it is shrinking at the rate of one meter per year and there is a possibility that it will dry up completely by the year 2050. Officials are already seeking a solution to the problem. One of such is to desalinate water from the Red Sea for human consumption consumption and then pipe the desalination byproduct brine into the Dead Sea. This however depicts an attitude of a good government on environmental issues. Finally, there is a sharp correlation between good governance and development. The distinctive qualities are evident in all facets of the society. Peace and conflict resolution programs are also byproducts of a good government. For example, at a summit held in Havana, Cuba in early 2014, the 33 member nations of the community of Latin American and Caribbean states declared their lands to be a peace zone by agreeing to resolve conflicts between themselves without the use of force. This is a step further to ensure a peaceful, sustainable, developed region. So, in other words, these are the various factors 
that contribute immensely to the development of the city, a state, a country, and ultimate, and ultimately, I beg your pardon, a continent. If African nations especially can imbibe these factors that have been outlined in this podcast, the African continent could very well be developed to its maximum capacity in the shortest possible time. Thank you for listening.